Good evening and you're very welcome to the Study Hub and tonight we're going to open up the library and pull out the best text for you in preparation for English Paper 2 and this of course a wonderful course such a wide range of writers on the syllabus and as we really saw during Covid it really struck me you know with all the dreadful news headlines that we've been staring at for the last while that creative writing and books and plays and novels and especially poetry became a real refuge for people and can really offer a sanctuary I think for people and there are few poems really that demonstrate this better this draw for readers than one of the best love Irish poems which is on the syllabus this year in the Leaving Cert and here we're going to take a little listen to it and it's read firstly here by the poet himself in a very rare recording and then see if you can identify the other readers who come along to help him out too. I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made Nineteen rows will I have there a hive for the honey bee and live alone in the big For peace comes dropping slow, dropping like the veil of morning to where the cricket sings. There, midnight's all a glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and the evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always night and day. I hear lake water lapping, its low sounds by the shore, while I stand on the roadway or on the pavements a grey. I hear it in the deep hearts core. W.B. Yeats there himself in a very rare recording of his much-loved poem, which you could all turn to, I think, this week. It's on the syllabus there, The Lake Isle of Inish Free, written when he was just 23. And the other voices on included Adrian Dunbar from Blood and the Dublin-based poet Nithi Cassa. And in a minute, we'll be talking to English teacher Kate Barry from Loretta Formoy. And then we'll be checking in with our old pal Nick Grease from Fassafass French Tutorial School to talk to us all about all things French. He'll be giving some great advice about preparing for the oral exams and the written exams. You can get your text into us now about English and French at 51551. Well, first up this evening, English Paper 2. Let's get on to it. And joining me on the line is English teacher Kate Barry. Kate, good evening to you. Good evening, Elvin. Now, Kate, we're ploughing straight into English Paper 2. Mm. 140 marks up for grabs here. Again, we're starting every conversation with this thing about the amendments, you know, the changes mm. that have been made to the syllabus, uh, hopefully to help students. Just tell us a little bit about English Paper 2. What are we looking out for here in terms of amendments? Okay, well, the exam's the same time. It's two hours and 20 minutes. And there's three sections. And previously, the breakdown would have been 60, 70, 70, giving you 200 marks. Mm-hmm. And now it's worth 140 marks. So that is split between two 70s. Mm-hmm. And students can pick two out of three. And the, what's happened then to the 60 mark section, which is the single text section, is that this year, that, that essay... Um, will be marked out of 70 marks. So those, so you now have three, three sections that are all worth 70 marks. So you do two out of the three sections and that gives you your 140 marks then. Great. Then in terms of actually tackling the paper, there's an extra poet on the paper. Cormac and I were joking there about how well this paper is known for being the What Poet Came Up paper. But a bit of good news there, a bit of reassurance maybe for students. 
There is, there is. And I would say between, between the three sections, I mean, they've, they've been, uh, the students have been given concessions in all the sections apart from, apart from the single text, which is still two options, but they're quite broad options. And in the poetry, there is eight, on the higher level, there is eight prescribed poets, and normally only four of them come up. And that means then that to be completely covered and completely confident as you want to be going into the exam, that there'd be at least one question you can answer, you normally have to have five poets studied really well. But this year, because there's going to be um, five poets, yeah. um, that drops down to your, your minimum is, is four. Now, we probably would still recommend doing five so that you're guaranteed a choice on the paper. But it, it does mean it takes a little bit of the pressure off. OK, and then getting into that single text then, section one is the single text. Named text, usually the Shakespeare question. A lot of people are drawn to this, but you can avoid Shakespeare this year and you could last year too. You, you, you could if you wanted to, um, because if you did Othello, is, is the Shakespearean text that's in the single text section this year. So if you did that as your single text, you don't have to answer on Othello. You could answer com- in the comparative section and the poetry. I would say not, not, not to be scared of Shakespeare. Like when, when it comes to picking the, the two um, components that, that you're going to focus on, just, just pick the two that you enjoy. And if that's Shakespeare... Um, you know, that's what you'll spend your time on. But if you prefer the comparative and the poetry, then choose them because then you'll put more effort into them and you'll spend more time on them. You make the point too, you know, about Shakespeare and not being afraid of it, that actually the students know that text probably quite well because they've been really examining it for so long. They do. I mean, it's one of the normally one of the first things we start on in fifth year. And it's and, and the questions are if you look back over the past papers, there there tends to be a pattern in, in kind of the, the types of questions that are they're asked. And if you know your play, like you just have to learn one text there. And if you know that or it could be a novel, yeah. if you know that really, really well and you're able to to quote from it at with ease and you're familiar with the characters and the kind of different themes then you'll be fine with that one. Now you hit on the Q uh, letter there the quote and quotations and all that and I want to run two phrases back to you which are RTFQ and ATFQ you can explain those to us and then talk to us also about the importance and significance of getting quotes into whatever the answer is. The the ATFQ um, and RTFQ is it's um, it's a phrase used by examiners uh, and advice they would give students. And the RTFQ is read the full question. And then ATFQ is to answer the full question. It's sometimes what can happen to candidates in an exam is that there's this kind of a reflex where they see um, a term or a word in the answer or they see the name of their favourite poet, the one that they know best, and then they just write everything they know about that topic or everything they know about that poet. But it's really, really important that you read the question carefully. And there'll often be a couple of angles to the question. For example, in the poetry section, they might ask you to talk about a particular theme, but they might also give you hints of what they're looking for in, in terms of the poet's style. And it's very important that you then answer the full question that you address address both those elements. Or in the, in the comparative, you know, they, they normally give you a, a little phrase and then they ask you, do you agree or do you disagree? You know, really pay attention to that phrase. Think about the different words in it. Um, you know, what could be synonyms for those words? What did they mean? And then so that your answer 
is targeted and at don't the question rehash the story because your point as well is the examiner yeah. knows the plot. Don't start and waste yeah. precious time going and then she went there and then she does that. Let's assume the yeah. examiner is really familiar with the text and take it from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. They're, what they're looking for is your analysis of the text that, that you're able to marshal all the knowledge that you've learned and you're able and part of the skill in the exam then is being able to pick and choose what's the what parts are relevant as you build an argument that's really what you're being rewarded for in paper two is that you're building an argument and very important to use evidence like you mentioned quotations there quotations are are one of the best uses of uh, one of the best forms of evidence that you have are like what are, well, what are the actual words that the in a play for example what are the actual words that the characters say in the script. Quotes before and notes even is a phrase I've, you, you use. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I do. I do. Really, you're not, you're not being examined on your knowledge of, of, the, of the notes. You're being in, uh, the notes are just there as notes, as, as things to help you along the way. But you really, and sometimes at this time of the year, um, because students have often accumulated a lot of notes, they, they might, um, you know, sure. restrict their study to them. But it's really important you keep going back to the text. Like if it's a novel, you should be going back now and, and reading that and go back to the start again, maybe read a chapter a night or half a chapter every yep. night so that Just you're really familiar so with it. Finally then, Kate, another point you want to make, which I think is really worth making, is that in terms of the tone of the paper, that while it's a time to show your creativity and thoughts, it's a serious paper. Could you end on that for us and just explain what you mean by that? It is that uh, paper one. You can be quite, um, quite playful, and you can you can you know show the examiner that that you can you can write in different styles and you maybe use different voices. But really, what they're looking for in paper two is that is that you can give your analysis, you know, a personal critical analysis of of the material to show that you've really engaged with the material at. I mean, Terry said at an intellectual level, you know, that you've thought about it, but also that you're able to give, you know, a personal response. So include a bit of, you know, I, um, you know, if there's a particular poem that you like, say, say why that's your favourite poem by the poet and, and why, and get in those little personal touches while also keeping it, you know, keep trying to keep the, the standard of argument going through your paper as well. Okay, well, listen, thank you so much, Kate Moore from Loretta there and from Moy. Thank you so much for giving us the benefit of all your expertise and knowledge there. And of course, uh, you'll be part of the podcast later on. People want to download it, they can listen back to it. But for the moment, Kate, thank you so much for joining us with all that. Thank you so much. Okay, so next up then uh, we have coming up. Oh, yes, of course. What else could it be? Next up is Nick Rees. Moi, ton âge, j'aimais bien lire. Ton grand-père qui me l'a offert. Ça va te plaire, ça. Arsène Lupin, gentleman, cambrioleur. Viens, faut que je te montre un truc, c'est incroyable. Je pense vraiment que notre suspect se prend pour Arsène Lupin. Et puis la méthode, le panache, le style, le talent. Ça va être quoi, après D'Artagnan, les trois petits cochons there you go. That's audio from Lupin, the gentleman thief from Netflix. Ah, oh, the method, the panache, the style, the talent. They could be speaking about you, Nick Reese. Good evening to you, Nick. Hello, Evelyn. Hello, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. We're delighted to have you, Nick, from Fast of Fast French Grinds. You were with us last year. We're delighted. Nous sommes enchantés to have you back with us for this lot. Um, now, we, if, we have a couple of jobs for you this evening because the first thing we're aware of, of course, is that the French orals are coming up this Easter. And then also okay. students will be using Easter to start really focusing on written exams as well. So again, mm-hmm. like I said to Kate, I'm going to start with you about this word amendments. And just, I know that there have been some made to the written page 
paper. We can talk about that in a minute. But focusing on the oral exams, is there anything that students should be aware of this year that's going to work to their benefit, you know, to help them in the oral exams? Alors, I would say, uh, bon, in terms of uh, modifications, as you mentioned, uh, there won't be any for the oral, okay? Mm-hmm. So it, it is exactly the same layout uh, as last year. So it's a 10, 15 minutes exam, okay? And it's going to be uh, conducted like, a, like an interview. So the idea is that uh, bon, the examiner will ask the, the students uh, questions across various general topics, like uh, uh, myself, the family, the area, school, daily life, your future plans, and so on. Uh, on top of that, bah, like last year, uh, if you want, you can uh, invite the examiner to ask you questions about uh, a topic of your choice. This is what they call the, the document, and it's uh, optional. Uh, and, uh, and and that's it uh, for uh, the, the globally uh, how the exam is uh, going to look like. Now, I know, in fairness, Evelyn, that usually they are, they seem, um, the students can, uh, can be scared you know, of this all, uh, especially if they have never gone to France. But usually what I'm saying to them is don't, okay? <laughs> Because most, oh yeah, yeah, most of the uh, questions are actually known, okay? And that's something interesting for the all. Like they are, they are commonly asked and uh, you can actually, uh, you can ask your teacher, they can give you the, uh, uh, the list. But the interesting aspect here is that uh, it makes it the easiest exam if you're prepared. See, we know the question, we can prepare answers. That's not the case for the other part of the exam. So they are scared, but they shouldn't. And alors, usually uh, when I'm uh, talking to my students, it, it, this brings us to the next important thing, which is, which is preparation. And I'm usually saying to them, Okay, but between now and Easter, but you learn off by heart an answer for all the frequently asked questions, and you keep it simple. No sophisticated answers, okay? You don't want to look like uh, you're reciting content of a book. <laughs> the other thing, I would say, if you have the time, learn a little speech for each uh, of those topics huh, that I mentioned, so that you can lead a bit the conversation, you know, if you're given the opportunity. Huh? And, uh, and then uh, this, huh, this learning at, in advance uh, aspect, huh, has two advantages. The first one is that you, bah, you become uh, clearer, huh? you, you're more fluent uh, because you've learned it, huh? and uh, it, it'll give you confidence. And the second aspect, and they tend to forget that, is that it sends the message to the examiner that you care. See, you're prepared, you come across as someone who is serious. Huh? Uh, Fantastic. And, uh, it's, well, it's, it's a little bit like a job interview, yeah? <laughs> you know? Well, but, uh, voilà, you, you, you're prepared for a, a job interview, but you come across uh, like someone who's serious, huh? like a, a deserving student, voilà, in a way. Huh? And one of the things I want to ask you is, I know you've given that wonderful advice about learning off little speeches, and that's a very kind of, a very reassuring thing for students. But the fear and dread is that you won't understand a question, you know, that a phrase is thrown at you. And um, what do you do if the examiner has thrown a question at you and you are confused maybe by just one little word in the middle of it all, do you make it up? Do you wing it? What, what do you do at that moment? Okay, alors, I would say if, if it happens that you do not understand a question, what I would do, um, obviously, uh, you ask the examiner to repeat the question. So something like, uh, excuse me, could you repeat okay the question? And that's okay to say. You're not going to get a penalty oh. for that. No, absolutely not. Hein. So you say something like, excusez-moi, pouvez-vous répéter la question? However, what could be interesting is that if you still don't understand it, hein, so he has repeated it and you still don't understand it, then you don't give up. 
So then you ask the examiner to rephrase the question. Maybe something like, pouvez-vous reformuler la question? Can you rephrase? Mm -hmm. And you can tell the examiner, bah, uh, even uh, uh, explain me, expliquez-moi, uh, give me details, you know, uh, donnez-moi des détails. Or, uh, or, okay, or for example, if the, question, if the question relates to one concept you don't understand, if they say, ah, uh, uh, est-ce que vous êtes le, le délégué de la classe, like the prefect of your class? And then, Jesus Christ, what is délégué? What is délégué? <laughs> then you can say, uh, bah, voilà, you can actually use the concept and ask him, what's that, délégué? C'est quoi ça, délégué Then basically you make him talk. You see, then you might understand it. He might say, ah, c'est le représentant de la classe. He represents the class and so on. Okay. So, uh, so you can figure right, it out a little bit. Don't panic and don't go with the wrong answer if you know exactly. if you don't understand the word. Okay. The other exactly. thing I want to ask you about, we played a little clip, clip from Lupin there, which people love, Call My Agent, all that kind of stuff people have been really enjoying. How useful is it to immerse myself in French podcasts and watch French movies? Do you think that's of any use to me? Yes, it could be on, in, a, in a general way. You know, like any French material will, will be helpful. But I wouldn't waste time at the beginning, you know, listening to French podcasts, watching French uh, YouTube videos and so on. Focus on your exam question, learn your answers, work with your teacher, you know. Focus on becoming good at answering exam questions. So you want to be good at what you do on the day of the exam. That's, that's my advice. So the, at the classroom beginning. work, it's there, it's covered and just work on way, that. Way, way. And, and, we, and we have excellent uh, uh, French teachers in Ireland. They, they, they know the exam, uh, work with them. Okay. You know, that's what I would do. The other thing I want to ask you about is practising your French oral at home or as close to the exam conditions as possible. What's your advice finally on that for us, Nick, quickly? Well, alors, uh, with regard to that, so basically, uh, if you, alors, it, it's helpful to, if you dread the exam day, huh, so you can, what I would do, I would try to recreate similar conditions at home than the ones you will face on the day of the exam. So, for example, you can practice using a, a recording machine or mm -hmm. even your phone because you will be recorded, you know, so this is something that could be helpful or even uh, uh, once you've learned your content, ask your brother or sister to, to sit in front of you uh, while you uh, uh, practice. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, even if they don't speak uh, 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 French uh, because make them listen to you when you're doing the leaving cert Nick everybody in the family has to go with you listen that is wonderful advice alors and voila to you too and thank you so much <laughs> merci beaucoup for this evening loved that uh, merci so much and thanks also to Kate Berry <laughs> that's it for this evening alors time to close the doors in study hub we're back on Tuesday with biology and with the all important focus on your mental health as you face into this busy stretch so we're so pleased that uh, Jen Tradcheck from Wayhead Therapy will be joining us to have a straightforward practical chat with us about how students and families can best handle all these challenges thrown up by the Leaving Cert experience. So great advice coming up there. As ever, you can email us at studyhub.rt. But for now, what can I say? But voila, alors, slongophone.